Welcome to Canada Homeschools, the dose of inspiration and encouragement for Canadian homeschoolers. Canada Homeschools features interviews with homeschool group organizers, resource suppliers, and conversations with everyday homeschoolers just like you, all from a Canadian perspective. I'm your host, Rowan Atkinson. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Now let's get started. <laughs> In 400 meters. In 100 meters. You have reached your destination. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Canada Homeschools podcast. Today, my special guest is Bonnie Way. She is the chief boo-boo kisser, soother finder, activity organizer, playdate planner, chauffeur, floor sweeper, book reader, and latte maker. And she blogs at the Koala Mom. Dot com. Welcome, Bonnie. And what can you add to that introduction? Thank you. That's a great introduction. That's, yeah, some of my titles. Um, I have five kids, ages 12 to 3. And that's me, I guess. I keep busy over here with all of them and homeschooling and writing. And it's a lot of fun to chat with you tonight. Thank you. And tell us about your homeschooling journey. How did you get started with that? So that actually starts way back when I was a kid. My parents decided to homeschool me when I was in grade one. And we went to, my, my twin brother and I went to kindergarten at a small Catholic, uh, Christian school in our small town. And before that, my mom had told a friend of hers that she could never homeschool. And apparently it was that year of us going to kindergarten that somehow convinced her to homeschool. And I think it was a few things. I was getting bullied on the bus. We had quite a long bus ride. We lived 10 minutes out of town, but we had to take two buses to get to school. Uh, the school, even though it was a Christian school, wasn't quite as Christian as my parents expected, I guess. And so there was just a few different things that they just weren't comfortable with even there. And so the following year, they pulled us out of school and we started homeschooling. We never looked back. And so my brothers and I homeschooled all the way through to grade 12. My younger brother did some high school courses at our local high school, but we both basically, or we all basically graduated um, as homeschoolers back in uh, the early 2000s when, you know, homeschooling wasn't quite as well known as it is today. And so we often got strange looks when we admitted we were homeschoolers and people thought we should be in school and stuff like that. But because of that, I always planned to homeschool my kids. I really enjoyed homeschooling. And even as I went to university, I saw the benefits that that had for me and the ways that it had made me a better student and helped me get through university. And so, yeah, when I when I had my own kids, I, you know, kind of even from when my oldest daughter was a baby, I remember, you know, we just met other homeschoolers and I just kind of always was keeping notes. It was like I had this file folder in the back of my head and I was keeping notes and, you know, thinking of things that, you know, oh, when I start homeschooling, I'll do that. Or, oh, that's a good idea. Or, I'll have to look up that curriculum. And so, yeah, when my daughter hit, uh, you know, kindergarten grade one and we were ready to jump in, she actually ended up going to a, a private school. Um, and that was because my husband and I were finishing our degrees. We had one year left to our degrees, uh, the year that Nicole was supposed to start kindergarten. And so I ended up telling him, you know, if, if I'm going to finish my degree and stay sane, she has to go to school. I can't 
do school with her and do school myself. And so we sent her to uh, a Catholic school. And again, that was the year that convinced me to homeschool because I, I had this, you know, I spent an hour in the morning driving her to and from school and then another hour picking her up and packing lunches is a lot of work. And, you know, there was just different little things going on at the school. And she came home so tired and grumpy from kindergarten. And it felt like we had no time for anything outside of school. And I was so happy, you know, the following year when we started homeschooling, grade one was a huge shift for us. And it was so much better than having her in school. And now here we are, she's in grade seven, and we're still homeschooling. We've changed things up a little bit this year. But yeah, overall, it's been a super good experience for us, and we'll probably continue it for quite a few years. Thank you. That sounds great. I was homeschooled some of the time, not all of it, but that was actually back in the 80s. So if you think you were, you know, at the sort of beginning, I was like, (laughs) my mom was a pioneer, right? But yeah, thanks for sharing that. So Bonnie, tell us the story of how you initially chose your blog name and why you changed it and what the koala has come to mean to you. So my blog actually predates marriage and kids and all the rest of that. I started blogging when I had finished my first degree. Um, It was August and I was looking for a job and I was kind of feeling frustrated because I had finished my degree and I, I did an English degree because I wanted to be a writer, but I wasn't writing. And when I was in university, I was, I was so busy writing papers and everything else that I, I didn't write. And I thought, oh, you know, in the summer when I'm working, then I'll have time to write. But then I would start, you know, my summer job and I'd be so busy with that that I wouldn't write. And I'd think, oh, well, when I'm back in university, you know, and four years went past and I hadn't done any of this writing that I had wanted to do. And so here I was, you know, with my degree done and looking for a job and I I just really wanted to write. And so I one day sat down and opened up a blog um, just to create a space for myself to write. And at that time I was still kind of wary of the internet. And so I gave myself this uh, nickname, the koala bear writer, because I've had this little koala stuffy since I was, oh, probably six or seven. He's been kind of everywhere with me. And so I, you know, chose that him as my mascot and and that was the start of my blog. And so I blogged about getting married and then having our first daughter and moving around a lot and going back to school. And, you know, the blog just sort of evolved with me. And a few years ago, I guess it was, yeah, quite a few years ago now, I realized, you know, that I wasn't blogging anonymously anymore. And the koala bear writer didn't really describe me anymore. You know, it just wasn't, it didn't fit anymore. But I, you know, I wasn't willing to let go of that koala yet there was something about that that I still felt it seemed right. And then one day it just hit me that I'm a koala mom. You know, I'm not, a, you know, I'm still a writer, but my blog is for moms. This is, this is my target audience. This is who I am. I'm writing about motherhood and just something about that. You know, the koala mom is, you know, when I think of that, I think of a, a koala mother up in a tree with, you know, either her baby and her pouch or two babies hanging off of her back. And it's just this picture in my head of, you know, this very close family, this very, this mother who's very nurturing and her kids are very close to her. And that was kind of the image that I wanted to convey as, as a blogger. And with what I try to share on my blog is just how to build close connections with our kids you know, through homeschooling, through travel, through things that we do together, family activities, reading books, watching movies, and stuff like that. And so that's how it's, yeah, evolved into the koala mom, and that's where I'm at today. And I think whenever we think about becoming a mother, I think what we actually picture is that closeness. And when I picture koala, I almost never picture them by themselves. I picture them as you do with their babies in their pouch or on them. So that's a very fitting metaphor for sure. 
And one of the things that you are very passionate about is attachment theory and attachment parenting. So Mm -hmm. can you talk to us about attachment parenting? So back when my husband and I had our first daughter, someone gave us or recommended to us, good friends of ours recommended Dr. William Sears' book, The Baby Book. And, you know, we grabbed a copy of that. And there was a lot of things that he said about attachment parenting and just creating this close bond that really stuck with us. And it's been years since I've read that book, but that that idea of, you know, just creating closeness in our family and really nurturing our kids has always stuck with me. And so that's, that's what I would say, you know, is, yeah, just building that attachment within families and, and how do we build close connections between our kids and to help our kids have connections with each other. That's really important to me. So what are some of the things that we can do as parents to develop a good bond with our kids when they're little? When they're little? Well, yeah, I have a few little ones right now. So for me, that's been, um, breastfeeding has been a big one for me. I've breastfed all of mine for quite a long time. Actually, I'm really trying hard to wean my three-year-old right now. He's bound and determined. He's keeping up with this. And I'm, I've been fighting him for a year about this. <laughs> so he's still quite attached. Um, and for, you know, my other kids, we co-slept with all of them um, for quite a while and slowly transitioned them into the crib. I've baby worn all of them, you know, with baby carriers and wraps and just, you know, done a lot of, yeah, carrying them, homeschooling with a baby tied around my middle or, you know, cooking supper with a baby in the carrier on my back and just keeping them really close. And then, yeah, transition for us into homeschooling and having the kids here all day, every day, I guess, and just doing life together as it comes. And, you know, for us, it's also building a kind of a family culture and what do we enjoy doing as a family and how do we build memories together as a family? So for us, that's, you know, we read a lot of books. We watch a lot of movies together. We enjoy hiking in the summer and downhill skiing in the winter. That's kind of our our family activities. And, you know, that's something that's important to us is finding time together as a family, eating dinner together every night as a family. That's, that's usually a family activity and, and things like that, that build shared memories and give us ways to just enjoy being with each other. That sounds lovely. And I think that's all of our goals, but sometimes life can get in the way, wouldn't you say, for families? Yeah, there's no easy answers. You know, sometimes the best of intentions and the kids are grumpy or you're tired and grumpy and, you know, life happens. You're right. Would you say that some kids need a little more attachment than other kids? Yeah, I think kids are are different. You know, we've, my husband and I always talked about, you know, the right thing for the right child at the right time. So the way that we interact with each of them might not be exactly the same. It might be you know, a little bit different. This child really likes doing this. And so that's what we do with her. And that child would really much rather do this instead. And so that's what we do with that child. And so it's just, I guess, figuring out what each child knows, getting to know, or what each child needs, sorry, getting to know your child's temperament and what their love language is and yeah just trying to to work with that and really knowing your kids really well and I think you know as a homeschool mom I've been blessed to spend so much time with my kids to really get a good idea of their personality and the way that they you know the things that they like doing the way that they give love and receive love and you know we have yeah different things you know my kids are all very physical actually they all like love um, snuggles they all come up and give me hugs and stuff like that so that's very important to them that I turn around and you know give them that one-arm hug even if I'm stirring soup on the stove or something like that right they need that and so it's just recognizing little moments like that when they're reaching out for that connection that attachment and taking a second to say hey yeah I love you too Yes, we have four and uh, two of ours were what I would describe as being Velcro children. They really needed me to hold them all the time. 
and be attached to me all the time yeah. for a long time. And then two of them didn't really need that at all. So it is definitely individual for kids and for parents. Mm -hmm. So Bonnie, you studied writing in university and you've co-authored a book called Love Rebel, Reclaiming Motherhood. What does it mean to you to be a rebel mama? And how did that book come about? So the story behind the book is kind of this um, very roundabout story of connection. I was living on Vancouver Island and a friend sent me an email saying, somebody that I know is putting together this anthology about motherhood. I think you should contribute to it. And I kind of looked at her email and thought about it a little bit. And, um, and then I forgot about it for a while. And the project kind of went on the back burner. And then it came up again, you know, several months later. And I sent, um, submitted a poem that I had and another little article that I wrote. And, you know, it's, it slowly came together. And we had it published. And then soon after that, my husband got a job in Vancouver. And so we ended up moving across the water to Vancouver. And friends of ours said, oh, you should meet our friends uh, in Vancouver. They're, you know, you would really like Anna. She's another homeschooling mom with lots of girls. And so, and I was like, Anna, Anna Eastland, the one that I wrote that book with, and so we had written this book together before we even met. And now we both live in Vancouver and we're really good friends. Our kids hang out all the time together and we, you know, bounce writing ideas back and forth with each other. We're actually working on our second project together, a book about pregnancy, which has been a slow project like our first project. You know, there's been fits and starts um, as we work on this, um, but it, it's coming together. And Love Rebel was actually a phrase that Anna coined in her essay in the book, which turned into the title essay. And she talks a little bit about her experience of motherhood, you know, and some comments she received about motherhood being antiquated or, you know, that she's throwing away her career or her, or even her life by becoming a mother. And so she writes towards the end of the essay, she says, so I encourage my fellow mothers to be rebels of love. Rebel against a culture that says motherhood doesn't matter, that raising ch children is a trivial, mindless job unfit for modern women. Rebel against the idea that serving yourself is the only way to happiness. Rebel against a culture which says that the gift of life is not worth giving. And I think really, you know, that's kind of what both Anna and I have done. We've had similar journeys, I guess, as writers, and we both started our blogs. Well, she did start her blog after becoming a mom, but I started my blog earlier, but didn't really find my voice with my blog and my purpose with my blog until I, ha I was a mom. And even um, as writers, our motherhood has inspired other projects like the book that we're writing now about pregnancy or my kids' saint books that came out of my motherhood and my kids. And she talks about finding ways to write her poetry book and the, the projects that she's working on and you know stealing small moments of time when the kids are busy or the way that she can be doing laundry and doing biz, uh, doing uh, dishes and stuff like that. And she's, she's physically busy, but her mind can be thinking about her poetry or other writing projects, what she wants to put on her blog. And so I just think, you know, as women, often we do get told that we're wasting our lives or wasting our time by spending time with our kids. But for both Anna and I, it's been very much the opposite, that motherhood has been very rewarding and that motherhood has given us our voice and our direction as writers and really just, yeah, kind of fueled what we do. Thanks. I think that will resonate with a lot of people listening. And this wasn't really in your questions, but I've given a lot of thought to it. Do you feel that our culture is shifting slightly from, from that idea that 
motherhood was something to be dismissed as unimportant or a waste, I feel like the culture has shifted somewhat. And if so, how do you think that the influence of bloggers such as yourselves um, has really helped to shift the culture? I hope that there's a shift. You know, I remember even my dream has always been to be a mom. Even as a child, that was what I wanted to do to be. And I remember, you know, as a little girl thinking, oh, you know, maybe I'll be a doctor or a nurse. But then I couldn't imagine spending all those years going to medical school just to give that up when I became a mom, because I, I couldn't imagine myself being both a doctor and a nurse and a mom. And, you know, as that you know, as I grew older, that changed to, I want to be a writer. I'm not very good at sciences, so that was never going to work for me anyways. Um, I want to be a writer, and that was something that I could do as a mom. And so I went to university to, to get my degree, um, to pursue my writing. And I had a lot of people ask me, you know, what do you want to do? And if I said I wanted to be a mom, I felt like they were like, oh, that's all? Or what else do you want to be? Or you know, and it just, it didn't seem cool to say that I wanted to be a mom. And so, you know, I started saying, well, I, I want to be a writer or I want to write books. That was, that was okay, but it wasn't okay to say that I wanted to be a mom. And so that was kind of a dream or a goal that I just kept buried and kept to myself because it wasn't okay to say that. Um, and, you know, even now as a mom, like a mom of five kids, especially, I often get the comment, you know, oh, wow, you're busy or you know, it's just very strange in our culture to have five kids, you know, and to be even a homeschooling mom, that's very, you know, counter-cultural. There are, there's a lot of homeschoolers, it is a growing movement, but um, I still feel there's a lot of pressure for moms to, to be something more. And I remember, you know, even when my daughter was one or two, and I often found myself, you know, we'd meet somebody new and, you know, they'd be like, oh, I'm a nurse or I'm a teacher or I'm and what are you? And I'd be like, oh, I'm just a mom. And I had to tell myself, stop saying just, right? Say, I'm a mom, right? Or take out that, don't justify it. Don't take it down, right? Take out that, that just in there. This, this is important. And, and I do believe in what I'm doing, but it's so hard in our society. And, you know, I think books like Dr. William Sears, the baby book, you know, and, and his attachment par parenting and the importance that a mother plays in her child's life. That really inspired me. And other books, um, there's one, Dr. Laura Schlesinger has a book, The Importance of Stay-at-Home Moms. That, that was a big book for me when my daughter was really young. It really, you know, just helped me see the importance of what I do. Um, more recently, uh, Gaber Maté, I'm probably saying his name wrong, and Gordon Neufeld, their book, Hang On to Your Kids. That one just really, he doesn't talk a lot about homeschooling in his book. He, he is pro-homeschooling. I think he doesn't talk a lot about it, but just reading his book was, yeah, a huge affirmation of my choices to be a mom, to stay home with my kids and what I do. And so I think it's, it's finding voices like that. And like you said, fellow mom bloggers who are juggling motherhood and I think showing the world how much work goes into being a mom and how much, how much it's, it's required, right? I think I think in many ways, like mom bloggers and, and people on Instagram just show the world how much moms do and how much our kids need us. And, and I think that's important, kind of opening up what goes on as a mom, because, yeah, that gets, you know, overlooked or downplayed and stuff like that. And yet it's, it is important work. Yeah, so I'm from Generation X, which no one really ever talks about. And so in our generation, we, it was almost like you either had to have a career or you had to be a stay-at-home mom. The internet wasn't really invented, so we couldn't have make money on our websites because right. we didn't have websites. <laughs> but or the internet was super yeah. new, so it was much more of a dichotomy that you had to be 
either or kind of thing right in terms of what your priority was yeah but i think that is shifting too and i a lot of people diss millennials and my kids are just a little past millennial but that generation they're a little more fluid in their um, sharing the parenting sharing the income working as a team whereas in my generation Women still had to do 80% of the parenting and the housekeeping, and they were expected to bring home some money, you know, and so we were super, super mm -hmm. worn out. So to have the privilege of being yeah, home. Yeah, a lot of pressure. Your, yeah, to have the privilege of being home with your kids, that was a privilege and is a privilege, and, um, and it's definitely something that I think is getting more and more popular as we can kind of work from home and we're doing more shared parenting and shared cooking and housework and all of that kind of thing. So it's really interesting to watch, watch the shifts, but definitely motherhood yeah. is super important. Fatherhood is important too. And I'm sure your husband and my husband could also talk about that. Just interesting. I do. I really do yeah. think that mommy bloggers have really shifted some cultural perceptions of motherhood and being home with your kids in a good way. So yeah, yeah I'm keeping yeah, my eye so. on that. Yeah. Well, Bonnie and I had lots more to talk about, but we're going to end today's episode there. Stay tuned because next week we're going to continue our conversation by delving into Bonnie's best and worst homeschool moments. We'll also discuss math curriculum and socialization. Happy homeschooling, Canada! Thank you so much for listening. You can find helpful links and show notes for this episode at our website, canadahomeschools.com Please share this podcast with your friends and leave a rating and positive review on your podcast provider. This will help others find their dose of inspiration and encouragement. Happy homeschooling, Canada! Hee <laughs> hee!